Hello and welcome to another Beautifully Broken podcast. My name is Lori and I am walking through December with y'all. So I hope you guys are doing well. Um, I don't know if you can tell by my sexy voice here, but yeah, your girl is sick. And um, isn't it interesting how when we decide to have the best intentions in life, um, it seems like the evil one knows exactly what's going to get us. Um, and so this past week, um, I was extremely ill and, um, which is always good for the mental health, right? When you're feeling so yucky, but I was also alone because my children had things that they were doing and they left and had a little mini trip, which was fun for them. But um, it just seems like, man, the the two things that are always an issue for me is, um, you know, getting sick by yourself when you're, you know, alone, when you're a widow. It's hard when you don't have, you know, somebody there to take care of you. And then being alone. Uh, so... Uh, it was good times this week. Let me tell you, it was good times. But um, I, unfortunately, I haven't gotten a, a lot of response from hurting people uh, on what you guys want to listen to on this podcast. You know, I feel like December, it's it's a whammy for me because of all the anniversary things, you know, Greg's death, his birthday, our anniversary, Christmas, New Year's, all the things. Um, and, but I feel like Christmas, the, the, the Christmas season is just hard for any of us who are dealing with grief and brokenness can be really just a tough season for us all. So while I had the best intentions, of this Christmas season of not going to a deep and dark place. I will admit to you that I had an excellent, I'm going to call it healing session, read into it, sob session on Saturday night after church. What is it about church? You know, um, we had communion which was, uh, you know, just beautiful to um, remember what Jesus did on the cross, even though we're remembering it's his birth. Because if it wasn't for his birth, we wouldn't get the salvation and the redemption of what he did on the cross and the everlasting life when he defeated the grave. So it was just such a great juxtaposition of remembering, you know, why we're celebrating Christmas, that Christ came, and yet also all that he did for us um, because he was willing to humble himself. And uh, like I said last week, be Emmanuel, which is God is with us. So anyways, I had a nice little cry, uh, feeling very much like I'm missing my person, um, so it was, it was good. I, and then I was able to leave it there, which is good because the sickness didn't go away overnight. And, <laughs> um, but what I have been feeling my, um, 
days and nights with because, you know, I don't know. I'm a middle-aged woman, so I don't sleep. Um, so and right now it feels like I'm, I have my days and nights mixed up. Like I sleep during the day, but I'm awake at night. And, um, so I, what I have been doing is watching movies and, and listening to audiobooks. I'm a huge reader. I love to read. Um, but one book that I was wanting to reread is a book called The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boone. I don't know if you have read her book before, if you have not, oh my word, The Hiding Place is an excellent book. And, you know, with the way things are in this world, it's always a good read. Um, I, I just love Corey and her family. They were um, Christians who were living in Holland. They were Dutch. And um, the, uh it was 1937 was, um, I think, where she pretty much starts the book, although she does flash back to childhood things. And, um, but, you know, the the um, Nazis were gaining ground and, you know, they weren't sure about what was going to come down the pike for them. And, um, you know, the funny thing was she was saying that the um, their prime minister got on the radio to say, you know, the war is not going to come here. And literally four hours later, there was bombing. Um, and it's just crazy how, you know, governments will tell you what they want to tell you. Um, but her perspective and her family's perspective of just trusting Jesus, trusting God through it all was was so great. And you may think, wow, like this is awesome for you. <laughs> late at night to be, you know, during Christmas and alone and sick, um, to be contemplating, you know, awful things of the world. But I'm telling you, while this book is, is dark and it has some sadness, I would call this book light because the way that Corey and her family think about Jesus, think about God and trust him is honestly how we all should be living. We can't control the circumstances of life. We cannot control what life will bring to us. We don't know what tomorrow holds. And yet we serve a God who, who's got it all under control. And for those of us who are broken and we've had things in our life um, that many people would you know, obviously it's not good. Nobody would ever say it's good. Um, we can still trust God because of his great love for us. But, um, I love, she has this great quote and it's in the beginning of the book where she's kind of reminiscing on, uh, what happened that night in 1937, they'd had a party and, you know, but there was rumblings about the, the Germans and, you know, somebody was there saying, uh, don't worry because, you know, the Germans are respectable people. <laughs> um, and she went to bed that night and she said, childhood scenes rush back at me out of the night, strangely close and urgent. Today, I know that such memories are not the key to the past, but to the future. And I know that 
the experiences of our lives, when we let God use them, become the mysterious and perfect preparation for the work He will give us to do. And I just thought, what a beautiful quote. Uh, For somebody like me, and maybe you, who just want what we had in the past, um, the key is not there. The key is in the future. However, those past experiences, when we let God use them, they're the perfect preparation for the work He's going to give to us in our tomorrow. And I just love her perspective on that because, yes, obviously, um, you know, she she goes through some very dark places um, and ends up becoming one of the main people there in her town to hide Jews uh, from the Nazis who do come in and take over. And she ends up uh, being taken and her family is taken and her father dies. And it's, it's very just sad, but the, the ministry that Corey has had because of what she went through um, and how she, you know, found God to be so faithful. You you just got to read the book because I, I'm not doing a great job of explaining it, but her stories, they're unbelievable of how God showed up every day in her life when she didn't know what to do. Her father was a watchmaker and I love, he would get these watches sometimes where he wouldn't know how to fix them. And she said he would just stop and pray out loud, God, I don't know what I'm doing. You need to help me fix this. And she said how often she would come down the next morning and find the watch put together perfectly. And I know that that's silly because it's a watch. Like, why would God care? But I'm telling you, God cares. Even about the things we would deem insignificant, God cares. And in our brokenness, we know it's not, that's not insignificant. So think about how much more God cares about our brokenness. Um, I love in the um, foreword of the book, somebody was talking about, there was this really famous uh, person in the Christian realm back in the day called Brother Andrew. And he uh, wrote a book called God Smuggler. He would talk about how he would smuggle in Bibles behind the Iron Curtain where people don't have them. And... um, one of his favorite people was Corey. I guess people were trying to write a book on on Brother Andrew, and he kept talking about Corey, and they're like, well, Corey seems like she needs a book of her own. But anyways, all this to say that just randomly one time my dad was like, when I was smuggling Bibles behind the Iron Curtain with Brother Andrew, and I'm like, what? Stop right there. Yeah, my dad, my dad, the superhero, he's pretty awesome. The stories that man could tell. Uh, I miss him. But um, listening to Corey reminded me of um, scripture about um, Isaiah. In Isaiah uh, 61, Isaiah is writing about, he's, he's writing encouragement about when we obey the Lord. When we allow God to take our brokenness 
and make it something good. He says in 61 verse 1 through 3, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from the darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the and the day of vengeance from our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Now, how much do we need that? I just love that. He's come for those who mourn to give comfort. Of beauty instead of ashes. Joy instead of mourning. Praise instead of despair. How many of us could use that this Christmas season? Now, the interesting thing that I found out about this scripture is that um, Jesus himself referenced the scripture. Um, It happens in Luke chapter 4. Now, you know, we all know Luke too, because that is the main scripture used uh, when we talk about the birth of Jesus. And it has the shepherds and the angels and all the things. Well, in chapter 4, Jesus himself references these words um, in four verse starting in verse 14 Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the spirit and the news about him spread through the whole countryside he was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue where was his custom he stood up to read And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Handed to him. So somebody just handed him the scroll, probably their daily reading. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant who sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began saying, by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So basically, he's like, Yeah, you know the, the, that scripture, all those things, all those promises. The, the the wiping away of tears, the beauty into ashes, uh-huh, the the joy from despair. Yeah, that has all been fulfilled because of me. How amazing is that? Jesus himself, and of course, he was in Nazareth. What happens in Nazareth is his own town people don't believe him. Uh but God is so good. That Jesus himself, he proclaimed it. What I want to know, I guess, is we hear this. Do you believe it? 
Do you believe today that that brokenness that you're sitting in, the heartache that you're feeling, the loneliness, the emptiness, maybe the hopelessness, do do you hear Jesus? Do you believe him when he says that he has fulfilled that, that he is here to bring joy from your despair, that he's here to comfort your brokenheartedness. I want to encourage you this week, whatever it is that you're dealing with, however the evil one has sidelined you, maybe you're sick, maybe you're alone, maybe you're just overly busy. What What is it that that has you not focusing on how great Jesus is, how he wants to be there for you, how when we give our past to him, he can make it something beautiful. He wants to take our brokenness. He wants to take the ashes that that life has seemed to destroy, and he wants to make it beautiful. He wants to take our brokenness and make it beautiful. Let me pray for you. God, I pray for those of us who are hurting today that need a touch from you. God, remind us that you you did come. And not only did you come, you fulfilled what you said you would do. You want to bring joy. You want to bring hope. We can trust you even in our darkest days, like Corey Ten Boone when she was hiding those people in the dark. You were there. You were Emmanuel. God, you are here with us in our brokenness. Help us today to release that. Help us to let go because God, in our own hands with how much we want to make things the way we want to control it, it, it'll never be good enough. But God, when we surrender ourselves and our brokenness to you, you can make something incredibly beautiful beyond what we could ever imagine. So God, help us to trust in you. Help us to believe in you. Help us to remember that this season, let it be a reminder of good, the good that you came to save, that you came to fulfill, that you came to make right the things that are broken. And God, help us to Do nothing but walk around with praise in our hearts for you. God, help us to see the good in things. Rewire our brains so we were not focusing on just the bad, but God, that we are trusting you for the good. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen.